You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. We are in the process of uh, a 40-day prayer challenge, and well over 100 people here, plus Coastal Community Church, which is great, uh, are doing this together, and it is so cool. And uh, for some of you, the 40-day prayer challenge is a complement to what you already do. It's an add-on to your time with the Lord. But for others, we're seeing that it's your first time doing something over a period of time, and I just want to congratulate you, or maybe it's the first time in a long time that you've done something for 40 days consistently with the Lord, and it is making a difference, and uh, we are growing in prayer, and I just want to say, before we launch into today's message, uh, what you experienced this morning in worship, uh, you get a mini version of that on Wednesday night at Wednesday night prayer. Uh, With live worship, we do uh, back in Gateway Kids, uh, the youth group meets here, and uh, they do their own worship thing, but we are praying back in the uh, Gateway Kids area, live worship, prayer, uh, just times to be, to be quiet in the Lord and just uh, press into God. And I want to encourage you uh, to give it a try. Come on out on Wednesday night. If you're hungry, if God is stirring in you, uh, it will make a difference. And so we're seeing that corporately on Wednesday nights, but then also individually. And then today, I just want to say, we're going to take another step. For those of you that are a part of what's happening here, you're doing the 40-day challenge, or even if you're brand new, we're going to invite you to take a step in, uh, in your spiritual growth. And today, I want to talk about supercharging your prayer life. How many, uh, does everybody say supercharging? Supercharging. Our prayer, right? And uh, we, that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's not a long message, but there's going to be some long uh, response or the opportunity to respond. And so I want you to be prepared for that. Uh, when I think about supercharging things, I don't know about you, but my mind goes to fast cars. And I had the privilege back in the early 2000s to drive a 1991 Acura NSX. And this picture doesn't do it justice. I think it was squished or something like that. But it's a supercar that Acura made back in the early 90s. They're actually making them again. And uh, and they're they're very, very fast. And uh, I was uh, friends with the... um, sales manager at Lexus of Dayton when I lived there. And uh, he called me up and they traded this in for a brand new Lexus or something. And he says, you got to come and drive this car. And he let me take it all over Dayton, get it on the highway, open it up. And I'm telling you, at that point, I was uh, driving a lot of motorcycles, a lot of super bikes, uh, uh, the faster, the better crotch rockets. And this was the closest thing in a car that it felt like I was going, it was that similar type of speed. It was insane until I was bragging about riding in this, or driving this 1991 Acura. And there was a kid, he was, he was like a young adult, 20-something, uh, at our church. 
I was telling him about this, and he says, oh, you need to come and ride with me. And he had a 1999 Mitsubishi Eclipse GSX all-wheel drive. This is not a picture of his car, but it's very close to this. And, uh, and what he did, this was a four-cylinder car, but it had a twin-turbo conversion with NOS, that's uh, nitrous oxide, with boost, and he wouldn't let me drive that car. But I got to drive with him or sit next to him, and it was incredible. And, uh, and I'm not proud of this. Um, uh, well, I, never mind. I'm not even going to tell you. Uh, all I can say is I may have needed to change my underpants after driving with that car. <laughs> and so that's where my mind goes when I think of supercharging things. But today we're not talking about supercharging cars, although that'd be fun. We're talking about supercharging our prayers. And I just want to speak to those of us in the room that need a breakthrough. If you need a miracle, if you need an answer to prayer, you need an intervention, I want you to know that it may take more than your just praying. And I have that very specifically in my notes because I want, to say, I want to say this loud and clear because I really believe this. There are times when praying for something is not enough. And you're saying, what? I thought we believe in prayer. Prayer changes things. No. Sometimes we need to supercharge our prayers. And it's really twofold. The first is we empty ourselves with a spiritual discipline that we call fasting And really, uh, there are things that will happen in our lives that unless we pray and fast, that's emptying ourselves, and we're going to talk about that in a second, that things won't happen. In fact, uh, the disciples were out ministering, doing the work of Jesus. Jesus kind of empowered them, said, go and and, uh, cast out demons and, and heal the sick and this and that. And they came back and they're like, hey, we prayed for this guy and nothing happened. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, he says, look, This kind, he was talking about a demon-possessed man, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And what we're going to learn today is that fasting will take us further into the presence of God than just prayer alone. Fasting and prayer, you put those together, it's like hyper prayer, supercharging. And so we empty ourselves first. And then once we're emptied, we need to also fill ourselves up. We need to fill that emptiness that place of brokenness with humility. And God does it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is a perfect example. After fasting for 40 days, which that's not what we're going to be encouraging here. Don't worry. Uh, 40 days is a supernatural fast. There's only a few people in Scripture that did that. Um, I know one person that's done a 40-day fast, and it, it, you really got to hear from the Lord to do that. But, uh, but in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, after Jesus fasted for 40 days in the desert, it says Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. So we empty ourselves out fasting, and then we fill ourselves up with the Holy Spirit. And that is what we will supercharge our prayers. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about fasting first. Fasting, if you don't know, technically means eliminating food out of our lives. And in the natural, how many are with me? That sounds like a horrible idea. Come on. 
Come on, who likes food with me? Any foodies in the room? All right, okay, yeah, I, I see that. <laughs> yeah, I see it. Listen, I'm with you. And not only food, but I'm a sugar-aholic. I mean, uh, I mean, if you put a dessert in front of me, I, I can't help myself. Last night, we were celebrating Jessica's mom's birthday, and I had two pieces the size of my face, didn't I? I mean, they're huge. Yeah, and I ate them with no problem. And, uh, and I love food. I love sugar. But when you fast, it's like saying this to God. Say, God, I crave you more than I crave food. And fasting is a powerful spiritual tool that can change your life. It really is. And there's different types of fast. There's a Daniel fast in scripture where you just eat fruits and vegetables for a season. That's a partial fast. Some people, this is not a technical fast, but you might fast or eliminate media, uh, your phone or social media, TV, movies, uh, etc. social media. Or sometimes you might just eliminate one thing out of your diet, like coffee or desserts. And I've done it, and I only do it for the Lord. Trust me, I was thinking about it. Why don't we just say, all right, I'm going to eliminate vegetables for a season <laughs> and call that a fast? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure that would work. But, but anyway, there, there are different types of fasting, and there's precedence in Scripture. And if you're taking notes, I want you to take a look at this next slide because there's ways in Scripture that we see people fasting. Like Moses fasted while he was preparing to receive the Ten Commandments. We see that in Deuteronomy. Elijah, in 1 Kings, he was fasting when he was in physical danger of Jezebel. Esther fasted for the safety of the Jews, and we see that in the book of Esther's. Dan, Esther, Daniel fasted when he needed revelation. He needed an answer to God. We see that in the book of Daniel. And even Jesus, like I read earlier, he fasted when he was embarking on his earthly ministry. We see that in the gospel. And again, fasting is a spiritual tool, a discipline. And what's crazy, it's in our day and age, it's like, okay, this is an introduction. But in the Bible times, it was just understood that you would fast if you were a Christ follower, if you were a part of the, the, the clan, so to speak. In fact, over and over it says, when you fast, not if you fast. In fact, the disciples, when they were with Jesus, they were not fasting and praying, and they were called on the carpet. They, they were, they were uh, the religious leaders of the day. They were saying, hey, why don't your disciples fast? And Jesus replied in Matthew chapter 9, verse 15, Jesus said, look, do, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. If you're saying, what is this about groom in weddings? Listen, Jesus is the groom here, and, uh, and he, when he um, goes, after he ascended into heaven, he's saying, look, look, I'm here with them. We're celebrating now. But one day I'll be gone, and he says, you can bet your bottom dollar the disciples will fast. And we see that in Scripture, the disciples did fast. It's not if they would fast, it's when they would fast. And it begs the question for us today, when should we fast? When should you fast and pray? 
I want you to write this down, Isaiah chapter 58. We don't have time to look at the whole chapter, uh, but I want you to write it down. There's a lot of really meaty things in Isaiah 58 that talk about or answer the question, when should you fast? We should fast when we are seeking direction from God. We should fast when you haven't received an answer to prayer. You've been praying for something and you feel like you're hitting a wall. You should fast and pray. You can fast for deliverance, breaking a yoke of bondage. Maybe you're struggling in a certain area. Fasting and praying will put you on the fast track in those ways. Or you could fast on behalf of a friend who's under a heavy burden or someone that needs insight. You can fast and pray, and there's deliverance even from oppression when you fast and pray. And ultimately, when should you fast? You should pray and fast when the Holy Spirit encourages you to do so, when you are led to do so by His Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says fast, you should do it. You should fast. The other thing that we need to answer is why. Why should you fast? Well, maybe you've heard different things throughout the years. Maybe you're confused about, about fasting, or maybe you're scared, or maybe unwilling for some reason, or maybe you've second-guessed if it's necessary or important, or you've questioned, does it really work? Why would I do it? Well, Jesus answers the why in Matthew chapter 6. Let's start in verse 16. It says this says, when you fast, remember I said over and over in Scripture, when you fast, assuming that you will, says, do not make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward that they will ever get. That is good advice. When you fast, you shouldn't make it public as much or you know, re- you know, go around looking like woe is me. But verse 17 says, but when you fast, again, assuming that you will, it says, comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. The last three words there are the key. Why should we fast? For reward. Getting clarity on God's heart. And there are rewards that come. Rewards that are related to whatever motivated you in the first place to fast. So you need something supernatural in your life. You're believing for breakthrough, for answered prayer. You're believing for a prodigal son to come home or a prodigal daughter. The rewards are linked to our prayers. And you say, well, why are there rewards? Well, it's like, okay, this is a healthy thing for us to do. It's encouraged in Scripture to fast, to, to cut out food for in different times in our lives. That's a healthy thing. And when there's healthy things there, there are healthy rewards, just like exercising. There, there are things that, that are, should encourage you along the way. And there are some things linked to our fast. And the biggest one for me, well, there's a couple that I want to talk about. The first one is that fasting subdues our flesh. And when I say our flesh, I mean our sin nature. Uh, our, we are all born as sinners. No one had to teach you how to sin. 
Uh, Matthew chapter 26, 41 says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak or the body is weak. In other words, we all struggle with our sin nature. But when we fast and pray, when we say, all right, I'm going to eliminate some food or for a season or for a meal or for whatever, or you eliminate something out of your, out of your daily rhythm and say, hey, I'm going to focus on God, it makes a difference. Fasting will heighten your spiritual insight. Fasting will strengthen your attention. Fasting allows your spirit man to dominate instead of the flesh. And your spiritual eyes will be open. And so that sin is being pushed down when we, when we fast and pray. And fasting allows God to then speak. It makes room for him, which moves to our second idea, that fasting also brings revelation. God's word comes alive. When you say, God, I'm going to eliminate some food, but I'm going to get into your word and feast on the word of God, that's the Bible, God's word comes alive. Revelation knowledge, things that can't be known in the natural, insight, direction, warnings. The Bible is described as the light unto our path, right? Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8, that chapter I encourage you to read later. It says, when you have fasted, your light, that's God's word, will break out like the dawn. So it kind of comes alive, and you will be healed quickly, it says. So we're, there's revelation, breakthrough, miracles. Now, there is something we should note, that when we are seeking God for revelation, we're looking for insight, we are not seeking to influence him to do something for us. No. We do not fast to impress God. Fasting does not change God. It changes us. And we come in alignment with him. And then the revelation comes. The point is, when you fast, expect to hear from God. Expect revelation. Expect rewards. And ultimately, fasting is the first part that will supercharge your prayer life. Craving Jesus more than food. When we say no to food, we can really feast on Jesus. Fasting will take you further into the presence of God than just praying. And it will get us there much faster. It's such an important discipline. Fasting breaks down our pride, our bondages, our will. Fasting can help break bad habits. It can help build good habits. And fasting is the way we break down our spiritual calluses and regain sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And really, as we think about the Holy Spirit, that's the second part. So we have fasting supercharging our prayer life, but it's not fasting alone. That's the emptying. No, it's not just fasting. We must be filled and refilled with the second piece, and that is the Holy Spirit. And you put those two together, and we're talking supercharge. In the book that we're going through, the devotional, it's called the 40-Day Prayer Challenge, Draw the Circle. Mark Batterson says that, in, in, that the answer to every problem is more of the Holy Spirit. It's what supercharges us. He says the answer to every prayer is more of the Holy Spirit. Supercharge. If you need more power, he says, you need more of the Holy Spirit. 
It's being supercharged. If you need more wisdom, you need more of the Holy Spirit. You need to be supercharged. And then he goes on to say, if you need more love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control, the answer is always you need more of the Holy Spirit. And as we pray and fast and then the Holy Spirit fills us up, it makes the difference. Now, pause here for a second. Some of you might be thinking, wait, wait a second. When I gave my heart to Jesus, didn't I get all of God? The Trinity talks about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, you get all of God when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But you and I should want as much of God as we can get. At our salvation day, that's just the beginning. That's when the journey begins of growth and insight and understanding. And if you want more of God, more of the Holy Spirit, say, how does that happen? All you have to do is ask. Look what the Bible says. Luke chapter 11 Verse 9 through 13 says, So I tell you, keep on asking, you and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I preached on this a couple weeks ago when I was here about the idea of that Jesus is talking about prayer, and he's saying, look, when you pray, this is how you pray. It's the Lord's prayer. The Lord is my, or not the Lord is my shepherd, that's... Uh, Psalm 23. Uh, what, what is the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know it. On earth as it is in heaven. Anyway, got lost there. But then he goes on and tells a story of a family that comes over at midnight and is knocking on the door saying, look, we have some guests. We're out of food. We need some bread. And the guy's like, go away. And then they continue to knock. And, and then he says, look, if you continue to knock, you continue to ask, they will eventually open up their doors and give you what you need. And that, they, that's exactly how it works with Jesus. And then it says in verse 11, it says, you fathers... If your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? And the answer, of course, is no. Or if you ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people, he's talking about us, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So church, if you're emptied out, and you need more of the Holy Spirit, all you have to do is ask. There are some things that are only learned through the power of the Holy Spirit, not through logic. And it's fasting combined with our prayer, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And what I want you to know is that it doesn't just add up. It's not like, um, you know, one plus one is two or four plus four is eight. No, no, no. It when we put the Holy Spirit in the mix and we're fasting, we're spending time with the Lord, we will see multiplication in our lives. There will be a multiple effect 
There will be a double, triple blessing, a hundredfold blessing that will come. And we are just 14 days into this prayer journey as a church, and God is already moving. There's a hunger and thirst. We could sense it in our worship experience this morning, and there's a stirring. And what I want you to know is the thing that God is always stirring, what he's always leading us to do is first lead others to Jesus. And I just want to address that you may be here this morning and you may not know Jesus as your personal Savior. And I'll just say, we want to give you that opportunity to know him and start the journey. It'd be day one and then your, your life will really begin. And I want to just address that before we move on. If you're here in this room and that's you, and you're sensing something even now, I want you to know that the Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's not a person here that is good enough to make it to heaven. Not one of us. And, and, there, and I'm looking at some good, pretty good people here. I mean, I can tell you guys are pretty good people. But none of us have enough righteousness. We all need a Savior. And Jesus was that Savior. He died on the cross for our sins. He took the penalty that we deserve. And now, all we have to do is accept him. I'm going to ask that we keep the lights on here for a moment. I'm going to do something a little different. Um, I was at a funeral this week. I mentioned it earlier. And uh, the pastor said, um, just, you know, he said, bow your heads and close your eyes, which we're going to do here in a second. And then... If, if you're sensing that you need Jesus, just look up. And, uh, and sometimes we say, hey, raise your hand. But for this morning, uh, I, I, want you, I would just want to catch your eye, and then I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. So let's just bow our heads, close our eyes. And if you're here today, and you need Jesus to be your Savior, and that could mean a couple different things. That may mean that you've never given your heart to Jesus. Or it could mean that you've just or feel like you're distant, that you're not serving Jesus, that you need a relationship. Maybe you know about God, but you need him in your life. I'm going to ask that you just lift your eyes and let me connect with you in, in your eyes, and then I want to pray with you. And I'm going to start over on my left in this time. Uh, this is the right section for you. If that's you, would you just lift your eyes towards me and let me just catch your eyes? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I see it. Anybody else in this section over here? Yeah, the Lord is stirring. I can feel it. How about in the center section? If that's you, just lift your eyes. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. If you're saying, yeah, that's me. I need a relationship with Jesus. Who needs that this morning? That feels a way or maybe you've never connected with the Lord. Okay. And now on my right, your left in this section. Just catch my eye, and I want to pray with you. There's just one over on this side. There may be others that didn't have the boldness to do that, but could I just lead you in a sinner's prayer? It's not the words of this prayer that will save you. It's believing it in your heart. And uh, as we just, before we move on, let me just pray and repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Please save me. 
I believe that you died on the cross for me. Come into my heart and I will serve you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It, it says in the Bible that even when one person accept, accepts Jesus, the angels in heaven rejoice. And so this morning, we're excited. Man, it's awesome. You made the best decision of your life. And so thank you. And uh, we want to follow up. And if you're online and you've prayed that prayer with us, just let us know. Type in the chat and we will follow up with you 100% of the time. So, Worship team, would you join me? Uh, I forgot to call for you guys. But what I want to do is we've created some space at the end of the service here to respond, to speak to that hunger and thirst that is happening among us as we've been spending time abiding with Jesus uh, and spending time in his presence. And what I'd like to ask is for those of you that are tracking with us in the 40 days, not that you've done 100% out of the 14 days or, or whatever, but if you're saying, yeah, I'm doing this, I, I'm setting some time aside, I've got the prayer journal, I'm, I'm doing a 40-day challenge uh, in some way, I would like for you to just stand right where you are, all right? Yeah, there's a bunch of us, yeah, it's awesome. It's so cool, I love it, yeah. It's great. Even some students. I love it. Yeah, way to go, Pastor Sean. Getting your students. Now, I want to speak to those that are standing first. And I'm going to just challenge you. That you're already taking some strides. You're, you're making some progress. And I'm going to challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit about fasting. Maybe it's for a meal or for a day, or for a few days. Or maybe it's just fasting, taking one thing out of your diet. Or maybe it's saying, hey, I'm going to spend less time on social media, or I'm not going to watch any movies, or I'm going to, you know, uh, whatever the case. Would you take that next step to supercharge your walk with the Lord? I believe it will change the trajectory of this 40 days it will supercharge your prayer. And so I'm going to challenge you that you guys would be the ones leading the way. For the rest in the room, I'm going to ask that you would stand and I want to invite you into this challenge, this time. It's not too late. We're two weeks in, but we got 40 days here. We've got a bunch of time left. And I'm going to ask that you would to say, hey, I'm going to create some time in my life to spend some time with the Lord. Maybe it's while you're driving uh, for work, or maybe it's you get, set the alarm 15, 20 minutes early, or maybe it's you know at the end of the day, you take some extra time. And then I'll ask you as well, would you consider fasting for what you're praying for? Maybe you've been praying for some things. You've been asking God for some things uh, because our prayer challenge talks about writing out prayers and and, uh, bringing those to the Lord on a regular basis. And maybe you're experiencing some some, uh, shortfall. And and I'll, I'll just say, would you consider fasting? It will revolutionize your prayer life. And what it's gonna do is it's going to create an opportunity for us as a church 
to make a huge impact in this community. I'm telling you, when God's people pray, it's already changing things. And it's going to continue as you press in and as your hunger and your thirst. Last night I was, I mentioned I was, we were, at a, we're celebrating uh, Jessica's mom's birthday. And just in the course of the time, Jessica's dad was sharing with me about a time when he was younger in your teenage years where God was really stirring in his church. He said there were times that they would show up for before Sunday school, they would sing a song and then go off to Sunday school. He said there were times they would sing and the presence of God was so thick, no one wanted to even move. And all of a sudden, uh, it was Sunday school was out the door and it was just became a prayer meeting. And Jessica's dad was, and he's here right here on the front here. He was just telling me, he's like, man, I long for that type of experience again. Not that we want what was in the past. We want something fresh and new, right? But we want the Lord to be stirring, to be moving. And this morning, we want to create some space for that type of experience, for us to experience more of the Holy Spirit. And so this is what I'm going to ask. If you're here in this room, And if you're online, you can participate at home too, that's for sure. But I want you to, if you're here in the room and you're saying, you know, I realize I have a need for the Holy Spirit, I want you just to raise your hand right where you are. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the truth is we're like buckets where God fills us up, but we have holes in our bucket. And as we're filled up, we're leaking. We leave this room and we leak. And it's like, okay, so we need to be filled up continually, right? We need the Holy Spirit to be filling us up. Who in this room is saying, yes, that's me. I need to be filled, refilled with the Holy Spirit. Just raise your hand. And now I'm going to ask that you would lead the way. I'm going to ask that you would move from where you are. And I want you just to come and find a spot. I want you to change your position. So if you don't move, I want you to maybe kneel where you are or turn or sit down or stand up or you can lay on your, your you know, just, I want you to change your position. Certainly moving to the altar is a good choice. And I want you, if you're saying, that's me, I want that. And then what we're going to do is we're just going to spend some time in his presence. And it might feel a little awkward, and I get that. But I promise you, as we make some room for God, He's going to speak to us. We've got a few moments here before our service typically ends. We've done that intentionally today for God to speak, for God to move, for God to fill us. And so without further ado, I'm just going to ask that you would move from where you are. Turn, make a move, change your position. Let's find a spot where we can rest in his presence, where God, we kind of prepare for God to fill us up in this place, all across this place. God is moving. God is moving. He is supercharging our prayers through fasting, through prayer. And right now we're asking Holy Spirit to fill us up to overflowing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
right where you are. Just ask the Lord, just say, fill me, Lord. Touch our lives. Move in our hearts, God. Yes. Thank you, God, for your touch. Thank you, Lord, that when we get dry, Lord, you pour out again and again and again. Lord, you're doing a great work. Lord, fill us here. We are, we are dry and thirsty. But Lord, you are the refreshing God. In your presence, Lord, you're moving, you're moving, you're moving, God. Just right where you are, I just want you to take your palms up in a place of receiving. When God's pouring out, we receive. I love an open hand illustration. If our hands are closed, we can't receive. We also can't give. And so as we live with open hands, the Lord can get it to us, and then we will be a blessing when we leave here today as well. Holy Spirit, pour out your power. Fill us, Lord. Do a mighty work, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, revival. And just right where you are, whether you've moved or not, I just want you to say this uh, with me, that God, that you would start something fresh in me. Start something fresh in me. Start a revival in me. Pour out your spirit in me. Come on, just ask the Lord in this moment, in this time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Do it, God, over and over and over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we sing, and Pastor Bobby leads us, um, I'm going to ask Jerry Malone. This is Jessica's dad who was sharing with me last night and just this hunger and thirst. Uh, I'm going to ask that he would pray over us, the body. Um, And then after he prays and says amen, I want us just to continue to pray. And then Pastor Bobby, whenever you feel led, you can lead us. Um, But uh, Dad, you can go ahead and pray for us that there be hunger and thirst here. Jesus, we just come to you right now, God. We ask that you would move upon our hearts. God, let your spirit come upon us. Move in us in a new way, Jesus. Lord, do work in our lives, God, as never has been done before. Lord, if there's sickness, God, we just ask for it to go. Lord, if if there's sin in our life, God, forgive us for it, Jesus. And God, just move upon us right now, Father. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now just continue just to cry out to the Lord. Just ask the Lord to touch you in this moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, you're moving. Fresh touch, God. Fresh touch. 
Bobby, before we close, I just want to give an uh, opportunity. If anybody wants to um, put your faith in action a little bit, um, maybe you've been praying for something and the answer hasn't happened, but I want you, uh, if you're willing, I'll, I'll come to you and we'll do this quick. We won't belabor this real long. But I, what are you praying for? What are you believing God for? Um, anybody willing to share? Just uh, slip up your hand. Okay. I'll, I'll just get a few here. Just give an idea of what kind of things. I'm just praying for my first BFF to get to know God better. Okay. So a, fr- a friend of yours, your best friend, to get to know God better. I love it. God can do that. What else are you praying for? Yes. My dad just got back surgery on Friday. Okay, so he needs a touch from the Lord to be healed up, right? God can do it. Absolutely. What else? Yeah, Charmaine. What are you praying for? My daughter and her husband and two children that they come back to God. Yes, yes. Some prodigal sons and daughters. How many? Just by show of hands. Prodigal son or daughter, that means someone that doesn't that, that maybe once was following Jesus, that, that is not um, today coming back to the Lord. Yeah, lots of that. Yes, Darren. Praying for healing in my body and, and um, distraction and, and the lead of the Lord. Amen. Won't he do it? God, he's going to do it. I, I, I believe it. I believe it. Yes, Chris. Same as Darren. I, I just pray that God continues to heal my body because I have seen him do it. Yes. He's bringing my kidneys and my liver back. Yes. He's doing things that doctors said could not do. Yes. And I also am praying very, very hard. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Very, very hard for my son, Chase. Yes. For him to come back to yes. God and yes. come back to us in a relationship where we can have love together. Yes. Awesome. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. The truth is that we could all share something we're believing for, something we're asking God for. I encourage you to write these things down. For some, it's going to be a little fasting and praying that's going to break through. Sometimes, and we'll see this as we continue in our 40-day prayer time, uh, some, some prayers may not be answered in our timing. It's God's timing always, but it may be weeks or months or even decades later that answer there's answered prayer but i'm just curious there's things we're praying for anybody have a prayer that's been answered that you want to share real quick i'll come back to you amber and uh and then we'll wrap up and uh yeah um my son lives in texas and he just got his first apartment and he said he went to a powerful prayer group with his dad and I just feel like God's really moving in his life. Very thankful. That's incredible. Yeah. And for all those that have prodigal sons and daughters, man, that's an encouragement. God is working. Awesome. Anyone else saying, yeah, God's answered a prayer? Okay, Candy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great name. My brother has been saved and he's going to church and praying. Yes. That is a miracle. Yes. And he was the one that, yeah, we met him at the Holly Jolly. Is that your brother? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Who else? Answered prayer. Prayer that you've been praying, that you answered? Yes. Yeah. So I prayed for God to move in my situation, and he's definitely moved. Yeah, no question. Yeah. And by the way, 
This is Jenny's first time here outside of the TC Teen Challenge. And uh, welcome to the family. Love it. Officially. Love it. Love it. All right, Amber, I'm going to let you close. I know you're like bursting. I knew that if I gave you the opportunity, you'd share. This is quite a miracle. Give us the Reader's Digest version, but, but share what God puts on your heart. First of all, I want to thank every single one of you that have been praying for my son, David. He has been a prodigal for 20 plus years. And this past week, as he's begun the journey back to the Lord, the Lord is healing his mind. He's healing him and he's different. He'll be here in church next Sunday. You can greet him. His name is David. He was brought home last night at 1 o'clock off an Amtrak train from San Antonio. He's home, and he's coming home to the Lord, and it's just a miracle. God is working. God is working. God is working. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your work here. And Lord, it's just beginning. You're stirring inside of us. Draw us close to you. And Lord, help us to believe for the impossible to be possible. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Bobby, you're the closer. Any final thoughts or uh, whatever you want to do? Um, Yeah. I have a word. Yeah, I'll share some. Just when you were talking about the being filled up and, and having holes in our bucket, you know, I for me, this was God's challenge to me. And if it's for you, it is. And if it's just for me, I'm okay with that too. But uh, how selfish of me to just worry about the holes in my own bucket and, and just worry about being filled just for my own sake. Um, me and Melissa were talking between services that God fills us up so that we can be poured out into others' lives. And there are things in our lives definitely that drain us, uh, that empty our bucket. But man, how selfish of me to just be filled up for my own sake. Uh, God fills us up. Uh, and, and I even said at first service, you know, we could stay here all day if we wanted to, but that's not why God has called us together. He's called us together to send us out. And so whenever we're filled, whenever God answers the prayer, it's so that we can be an answered prayer to someone else. It's so that we can pour out that same love, that same spirit into other people. And so we're continually being filled because we're being emptied through stress, through calamity, through just the hardship of life, but we should also be poured out because we're living selflessly and we're willing to give a little bit of we ha- uh, what we have for someone else. And so let that be your encouragement as we leave here that we're filled up not for our own hubris, not for ourselves, that we're not filled up just so we can make it till next Sunday, that God wants to, get, to continually fill us up uh, Monday to Saturday as well, and that he's filled you up so that you can be poured out uh, to others as well. As Paul says in one of his letters, uh, poured out like a drink offering. So let in the same way us be a drink offering offered up to God this week. Amen. Amen. So God, uh, I pray that uh, the God, uh, Lord would bless you and keep you. Uh, may his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, we give you all the praise and glory and honor. I pray that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us in Jesus' name. Going to risk God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.com.
Church.